Hey everybody, my name is Ashish Kanal, and you're listening to the Aim High Show, a podcast about overcoming challenges and becoming the best version of yourself. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Aim High Show. My guest today is Blake Rawali. He's a young entrepreneur who came to U.S. from Nepal in 2016 to pursue his bachelor's degree. He's the founder and CEO of a tech company called Techio Tech, which currently has offices in U.S., India, and Nepal. His company has already managed to do business on the upwards of half a million dollars in just under one year of its formation. Techio Tech was recently featured on the popular business website, MarketWatch for its 0% margin initiative, which is geared towards assisting small and medium-sized businesses that are experiencing difficulties due to COVID-19 pandemic. On top of that, he also runs a popular Facebook group called Nepalese in Technology US, which serves as the forum for Nepalese people in US that are working in the technology field. He's a strong proponent of youth entrepreneurship and is a great example himself. He believes in sustainable growth and purposeful leadership, and he has managed to do all of this at the young age of 24. I'm super excited to have him on the show and learn about his journey so far and where he is headed. So without further ado, Blake, welcome to the show. Thank you, Asis. Uh, it's uh, great to be here, um, and thanks for inviting me to the show. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming. So I was doing some research on you and I found your interview with the Rupantharan Media. And what intrigued me is that you seem to have this clarity of what you want to do that I've very rarely seen in young people and even in adults, to be honest. For example, you said that you were interested in technology since you were 12. And when you finished your plus two in Nepal, you realized that the standard of technology were not better in Nepal, so you decided to come to U.S. for higher education. And you mentioned that you participated in hackathons and different events while in university. While other kids are graduating uh, college and are worried about finding jobs, you were already thinking of starting a business. I want to ask you whether you have always been a decisive person and had clarity about what you want to do and I'm also curious about what your upbringing was like. Was it your upbringing that influenced you to be so decisive? Or was it your schooling or you're just a naturally very decisive person? Yeah, so uh, uh, when I finished, I actually did my elevens back in uh, Nepal, right? Uh, when I finished that, uh, uh, natural next step was to you know, go to international uh, university, right? Attend, uh, do something. When I actually came to the United States, my uh, major was actually economics. Uh, I wanted to be like economist. I used to idolize Warren uh, Buffett a lot, right? Uh, and almost I spent two to three years, uh, you know, learning about trading, investing, and all back then, right? But I had always wanted to start my own business uh, uh, from back then, and uh, only when you know I attended a few hackathon, uh, it actually. Uh, sparked my interest, right? Um, I used to do that a lot when I was a kid. Uh, uh, my, I would say, IT um, thing actually started uh, when I was 12. Uh, my dad actually bought me uh, one computer uh, from Qatar, right? He sent that to us. And one of our uh, uh, computer teachers, he used to come to our house uh, 
it was one of the you know uh, really advanced uh, computer back then, uh, long time wow. ago, right? And uh, he actually configured everything. He used to teach us a, a lot about that. That's when I started uh, uh, the first programming language I did was QBasic, right? Back then, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, doing that, and when I went to A levels to do A levels, right? I did Visual Basic and stuff for that in uh, college. Uh, most of the courses I took uh, was business at first because, um, you know, my major was uh, initially economics, but uh, I did a lot of uh, Java and all, right, Python. Uh, I actually, uh, in college, I had already built a few applications uh, before I graduated. So one of the applications I, de I developed was a health application. Like uh, I developed this um, uh, application called Plus Health, right? What okay. it did was, Based on different uh, symptoms that we put in, uh, uh, we actually got results uh, of uh, you know what this diseases uh, potential uh, potential diseases a person has, okay. and uh, I actually demoed it in front of almost like uh, 50 to 100 people in my college. Uh, my my professors actually told me it would be uh, you know great business, and I, had I listened to that right, um, it's COVID 19 mm -hmm. right, um, and a lot of applications like that is. Uh, actually going up right now. So right. I still have uh, done good if I uh, had that. <laughs> pursue that so. But um, after that, I graduated, right? And um, I went uh, and visited many technology companies, right? And, uh, and actually uh, saw that, you know, what I did back in uh, my college was not different from what these technology companies were doing. The only difference was they were doing this in uh, professional capacity and uh, they were uh, uh, making uh, money out of it, helping people out of it, you know, changing communities, innovating, right? So I thought, you know, uh, I actually need to do the same. And uh, uh, and that's what I did when I graduated. So uh, before we uh, talk about tech, your tech, which I want to go into, um, I want to... Um, I want, I want to ask you about your college experience here. You briefly mentioned, right? Um, uh, because because for students who come from Nepal, you know, international students, uh, it's not an easy route. And for you, you came here in 2016 and uh, you went to Troy University. Is that right? And you completed your degree in three years, which usually is a four year degree. So. Um, so right after getting your degree, you were able to start your company. But, you know, we keep hearing uh, or international students who, um, especially if you come from Nepal, you don't have that financial, you know, leverage that a lot of other students from maybe other developed countries who come to U.S., right? So, a lot of these students, they're working full-time and going to college full-time, so they can't dedicate um, the whole, you know, full-time hours to their studies. And, um, you know, you're worried about the side jobs and what you came here for in the first place, which is to get better education, that's sort of like sidetracked. And I feel like if you are in that loop, then it's very hard to get out of it. So I want to ask you, were you aware of those type of challenges that they exist? And uh, what was your plan or strategy uh, for it? And how are you already, you know, thinking one step forward uh, of even starting the company? Can you share like a little bit about uh, the college experience and how uh, you navigated those uh, three years? 
Yeah, so I can start uh, uh, from back uh, when I you know, started applying, right? That's uh, I think where I should start, uh, especially because a lot of the Nepalese uh, I see nowadays, right? Uh, they come to the United States um, uh, with a lot of uh, tuition to be paid, right? Uh, when I applied to Troy University, I actually got a Fulbright uh, scholarship, right? Uh, all my oh, wow. uh, fees were uh, paid for. And uh, for those of you who are watching this, right, um, and wanting to come to the United States, um, I would uh, ask you to take your uh, SATs um, and then you know, apply uh, and try to come uh, with, uh, with uh, a really good uh, scholarship. So that's the best advice I would give to those people. But um, as we know, most of the people that come to the U.S. as a student uh, do not have uh, that kind of uh, uh, scholarship, right? For that, uh, I would recommend uh, that uh, you always uh, set your priorities uh, to studies, right? Uh, that's one of the main um, thing we came for. But at the same time, um, I know uh, a lot of people are obliged to work uh, to sustain, uh, right? And uh, I would say there is no um, other way uh, for that particular people's right. But um, always, um, you can always allocate uh, enough time uh, for studies and your personal gigs uh, uh, to do that, right? And um, I actually have one of the great things uh, that I uh, um, had was I had a family in the United States. So I came in F1, right? I had a family here in New York City, right? And, um, and my fees were paid for. So I actually got a lot of time uh, to you know, think about what I wanted to do and um, think about and plan for my business. And um, that's how I did it. But I know a lot of people do not have that um, option. So did did your uh, I'm assuming it's a family member who was here in U.S. Right? Did they tell you or guide you, like you know, look into SATs, or helped you find colleges, or were you were you just doing it on your own, researching? Um, and what sort of resources are available in Nepal currently? Uh, that can help you know students even if it's like 50% right or 25% that goes a long way so you know so you might have to work part-time and some sometimes there are you know uh, difficult situations so everyone's situation is different but having just you know even 10 to 20% scholarship that goes a long way yeah so uh, I actually went to the British college right uh, it was a levels program and naturally in a levels program it was uh, aim towards uh, people who wanted to pursue uh, their career or their uh, education outside Nepal, uh, right? And all of these informations were provided uh, to me back in my college. And also my brother was already uh, in the United States uh, uh, back then and he also guided me there. And we also have, uh, I think, uh, US, uh, USCF, right? United States uh, Education Fund uh, or Foundation, right? Uh, who actually guide to people who want to come to the United States uh, uh, for further education. So that I think, and, and every year they, I believe they provide 15 scholarships um, uh, and then it's all paid for by them, all the application, everything. So um, I recommend all these people who want to come to the United States to use that uh, mechanism. Although uh, right now, because of COVID-19, I believe um, the United States uh, consulate is not uh, giving any visa right. That's really valuable information, I think, uh, for uh, students who are thinking of applying, uh, not just the U.S., maybe, you know, uh, somewhere else, right, uh, that there are resources back in Nepal that 
uh, you can use to leverage, you know, getting scholarships or just um, putting yourself in a better position when you're coming to a new place. Um, so I want to move to take your tech now. Um, first of all, can you tell us uh, what take your tech does and uh, what type of company it is? And secondly, can you give us a little background on how you got started or what sort of uh, inspired you to start the company? So Tachio is, uh, we, we provide uh, software, uh, engineering, data analytics, uh, consulting, cybersecurity, IT services. That's the main services we provide. And uh, I would say uh, when I first started, right, uh, it was a difficult journey for me. Uh, back then, um, I didn't have anybody to help me, right? I didn't have uh, a particular mentor, right? Uh, like a lot of uh, people who start a company, right? Uh, but I figured most of the things uh, by myself back then. And also, uh, uh, what is, I would say funding was one of the main issues. Um, and the whole company, I didn't receive any funding for my company. So I actually uh, went about um, investing what I actually got from my business uh, back to my business. So that's how it um, you know, started. You said... Um it was self-funded um, and uh, you were sort of on your own trying to uh, just uh, go in by trial and error process. Um, and you did mention earlier that when you were in college, you did uh, do uh, or you did create some applications which um, your professors said, you know, could do uh, do well. So was that something that gave you confidence that, okay, maybe I have something here? Yeah, actually, uh, that helped me a lot, right? Um, that was not the only project I did in uh, school, right? I did a lot of other projects as well. And uh, you know, having that you know, experience of uh, developing something in your own, right? Uh, that actually is invaluable. Um, and one of the problems that I saw for international people in the US is it's really, really difficult to get internship, right? The first thing that I did when I started my business was uh, uh, you know, I opened up this position for my uh, in my company uh, for software developer uh, intern, right? It, though uh, at that time I didn't have uh, ability to pay, pay my intern, right? Uh, I did got, got a lot of people there. Uh, I had like six to twelve people uh, back then, uh, and every three month I do internship. So uh, back then uh, for the first session I had four people, and then uh, in the other session next session I got around eight uh, eight people. So uh, these were the people who have been you know the foundation of um, uh, foundation for my business I would say when I first started. Wow. So so you hired interns uh, initially. Um, I, I think that's a really smart way to go um, because it, it's beneficial both ways. You know, obviously for you when you have less capital upfront, and for interns who are getting real world you know hands on exposure to uh, the technology. Um, was that something, you know, you just being creative or um, um, where did the idea come from? You said you didn't have that many mentors. Um, uh, where, did you reach out? Uh, do you have like access to like a certain community or just uh, going back to your you know, alumni at Troy? Um, I'm just curious how, you know, if, if someone is in in the shoes like you were back, you know, when you started last year, right? Um, how can they, you know, 
uh, go about finding interns or, you know, what's the right way to approach it? So in terms of internship, right, uh, I would love to share my insight on this uh, because, you know, having firsthand, um, you know, every internship session, I applied to almost uh, 600 positions, every internship uh, session uh, back when I was in college. And, you know, I had tough luck there. I didn't um, uh, actually secure any position. Uh, I would say uh, after I started my position, I, a lot of people reach out to me for internship, right? And the best way to go about that is um, I would recommend everybody to uh, add as many technical recruiters uh, uh, to their profile in LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. And then DM every every single one of them. I don't leave every single, any one of them, right? Just uh, reach out to every every single person, uh, every single technical recruiter, right? And eventually you will find that right person who will offer you uh, an interview. And uh, and if you do uh, three to four interviews, uh, internship, um, getting internship uh, is uh, it's not very difficult. Also, what I wanted to ask was in, initially um, for, for you as an employer, how do you go about, you know, um, uh, getting those interns or where, where do you look for it? Is it just in LinkedIn or because uh, you said like for interns, right? Um, uh, reach out to recruiters on LinkedIn and uh, do you look for interns just on LinkedIn? Do you just post on LinkedIn or, you know, social media, and then you yeah, get yeah. response. So I am a huge social media person, right? Uh, I, I have a huge, uh, I would say a huge group of, a uh, huge network of uh, people in LinkedIn. I have huge uh, network of people in Facebook. Um, and, but when I, when, when I started back then, I didn't have uh, that uh, strong of a social media presence, right? Um, uh, around two people of the four interns that I had was from the university I graduated from. Um, and the other two people was in New York City. Um, it was one of the people, uh, I would say friend's friend. So that's how I started uh, back then. But even back then, I used to actively post on, um, post my uh, stuff on uh, UNHN, right? That's, that's a huge uh, group for us, please. Uh, though they have uh, started uh, recently to censor, right? But um, yeah, back then it was uh, more, much freer, I would say. Okay, great, great. So people... I think they should uh, leverage social media, especially I think LinkedIn is uh, for jobs, right? Uh, uh, IT or any career, uh, it's a great uh, tool. Honestly, even in my experience, um, my last two jobs, it's been through LinkedIn and it's been the recruiters reaching out to me versus me applying. Um, so so it, it's a very, uh, you know, uh, essential tool. Uh, nowadays, uh, especially for IT, uh, it's a no-brainer. Uh, but, you know, like uh, if you're in college or even if you're an employer, you know, uh, use LinkedIn or you know, any social media. Um, I, I agree with you on that. So one thing I ask all my guests is about uh, the initial stages of their business venture. I know we've been talking about it um, because we all see the end product and everybody says, oh, that guy is genius or he's lucky or, you know, he had all the ducks in the row. But, you know, there's a lot of creativity and hard work that goes behind the scene. Um, and you said some of the things, right? Like uh, being creative by hiring interns in the beginning when you have less capital and, uh, you know, reaching out to other people. Um, can you, you know, share some of the early challenges, like, you know, the hardship, like uh, at the beginning before, you know, the company got started 
and uh, how were you able to overcome them? Uh, if you have any, you know, on top of what you already shared. So first sell is, is the most difficult to make. Uh, uh, you know, one of the first sales I made was actually three months um, after my company was started. Um, and uh, the best advice I can give to anybody who uh, is about to start on their uh, venture, right? is um, actually start by registering the business right now. Like if you want to start a business, don't register it, uh, it when you actually are ready to start, right? Register it right now. It does not cost you any money uh, when you don't hire anybody, right? You can do your along with the job, but you can uh, still, uh, you can start now, right? And um, build your social media, build your website, everything uh, right now, start now. Uh, do everything right now. And back then, the what happens is uh, when it comes to selling something, right, uh, you actually have some uh, prereqs there. So you, uh, your client, the first thing they are going to do uh, when you uh, want to sell them something, right, is check, uh, check your website, check your social media, right, and see the projects that you have delivered uh, in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, since uh, your business was just started like... Uh, 10, 15 days ago, that's not going to happen, right? And uh, so for that, I recommend you know do starting right now. And uh, when the time is right, you will uh, get that uh, first project, and uh, you can go about that. Great, that, I think that's great advice. So, I, um, I I'm curious, you know, like uh, I I'm on the consulting IT uh, company as well, and um, and. You know, it, it, consulting companies. You know, uh, the big fours are there, and then there are like other veteran companies, like who've been around for like uh, even if they're small, but they know the lay of the land, um, and they have a lot of resources. Um, they can afford for marketing, and then uh, hire you know resources that you know charge more money. Were you sort of intimidated? in the beginning uh, when when you had to go against them or what was your formula that you know you were like you know what they might be around for a while but i can still go ahead and you know go with my product or my okay, services so when i actually first started right it was extremely difficult right um, i used to reach out to every single person in my linkedin uh, for the services i provide right software engineering uh, system engineering services right but most of this market was already taken by uh, big companies, right? Uh, Accenture, TCS, Cognizant, all these big names uh, yeah. already had all the clients uh, in their tap, right? And uh, later on, and even uh, these different clients, right, actually have other uh, all other technology firms, like small firms are helping these clients. And uh, there's like, at least I would say, you know, 100,000, 200,000 uh, businesses who are, you know, trying to get uh, businesses with, uh, you know, Accenture and all of those uh, consulting firms, right? Um, but at first it was extremely difficult, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to, uh, when you like, you know, sit down and, um, and have a look at, you know, what your competitors are doing, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's quite, uh, I'd say, uh, it's not quite easy, but uh, eventually you'll figure out uh, uh, what's going on uh, around you. And uh, my initial take was, you know, find out what my competitors are doing, right? And then uh, try to do the same thing. Because I, I started my business 
when I had zero, zero experience, right? And obviously I don't have a lot of things to um, offer uh, to, you know, stand out uh, with the crowd, right? But um, as I progress on in my business, right? I learned a lot from um, all of my other competitors and uh, use what they use, uh, but, you know, in slightly different variation, right? And, and you know, uh, got uh, business with them. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, currently we are making progress on uh, getting, you know, Accenture, TCS, uh, Cognizant, right? But we are not there, there yet. But uh, I'll definitely tell you in next uh, one or two years, we will definitely do business with them. Great. I, I think, you know, um, even our, uh, when I was with Accenture um, last year uh, before, um, last summer, I, I would say we had, uh, we had the prime, uh, contract. I was one of the few people from Accenture side, and then we had subprime, which was another consulting company. Um, and they were like, you know, another subprime to that subprime. So, so, you know, and, um, I had, uh, one of my Ethiopian friends who had his own company. So he was showing around, you know, um, okay. You know, you initially, you sort of have to um, get that uh, first work or first project and then show like, you know, you have done something. So that's the hard part. And once you have been doing it, you know, um, especially for smaller companies, I, I think we have this like chip on our shoulder that we have to prove something. So we go that extra mile. Um, so, so I feel like, you know, once you get that and you start building your reputation, like down the road, it's, uh, it's definitely much, uh, much easier than what it is initially? I would say the path of uh, doing business with uh, all of these uh, you know, prime vendors, implementation partners are, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty clear, right? The only uh, thing that's uh, left to do now is to fulfill that prereq. You now, once uh, that is complete, uh, you know, uh, when, when they look at us, uh, they will see us, you know, uh, we have, uh, see that we have fulfilled their project uh, through someone else, right? And then uh, they would want to impanel us then. Um, that's, uh, I would say that this is, uh, you know, one of the game uh, in consulting uh, industry, right? Uh, but uh, currently our strategy has been, uh, is uh, been to, you know, uh, connect. LinkedIn is, you know, our weapon, I would say, right? Connect with all of those directors of these companies, right? And then uh, speak with them uh, on how we can help, right? And because we are not impaneled with them, right? Uh, though they will tell us what they need, right? But we have to route all of the things, uh, uh, you know, they want, right? Through another uh, preferred vendor that they have. So that's a, a current strategy. I, I, I hadn't looked at it that way, even though I was in the middle of it. But now you say it, it, it makes, it totally makes sense because, you know, if you go head to head with these big giants like you know Accenture, Deloitte, you know PwC, I mean they pour in like millions to you know bid on the contract and win it. Why not team up with them? You know even like you know because the contracts like you know are huge. Like they're like you know in the hundreds of millions. So if you even if you get a small piece of that pie, you you still make a lot of money. So um so I, I think like you said right building that relationship. And just being creative, like, you know, I, I, I can see like, you know, you are being like, you know, it's a sign of a true entrepreneur. You're being creative and seeing like, where can you find, you know, that door uh, or the side door, you know, if you can't go through the main door. 
um, which which is great. Actually, it took long time for me to you know realize all this, right? Um, and uh, currently, you know, uh, currently I have you know a lot of people inside my companies who advise me on this, right? But before uh, before I had them, right? Um, you know, I had to figure this um, on my own, right? And um, for somebody in business, right? Uh, uh, they have to have uh, that ability to you know make a jump, right? And uh, once you are there, uh, the only option you will have is uh, is to succeed, right? And uh, in that time, uh, definitely uh, people will learn a lot. You said now there are people, there's a team that helps you. Initially, did you were you just doing it all on your own, or did you had any partners or like any no, 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 no. guide? <clears throat> Takio is like uh, I don't have any partner in Takio, so you know I run the business, uh, but um, I would say my, my brother is there. Uh, he's actually uh, director of uh, recruitment for our uh, company, right? And I have other, um, so I have a team back in India, right? Um, we have a, I have a, quite a big team uh, back in India. Uh, we have associate directors there um, in VP of sales uh, who take care of sales now. Before that, I used to take care of uh, entire uh, sales. Uh, and back in Nepal, we we are not just trying to you know grow here in um, United States, right? Our main goal this uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, our our company has two missions, right? We want to be world's most innovative and client centric company. First mission, and our second mission is to make Nepal known for technology, right? And even though currently we do not have that ability to spend a lot of money um, in having uh, different operation back in Nepal, we're still doing that. Uh, because we want to make that difference in uh, Nepal as well, right? Um, and uh, our managing uh, managing director back there, uh, back there, his name is Rosal Portal. He is working um, extremely uh, hard right now, even though there's a pandemic, right? To make that uh, vision into uh, reality. Wow. You, so you mentioned that you know you have operations team in uh, both India and Nepal, um, and uh, I heard somewhere in one of your previous interviews that you recently acquired another smaller Nepali company. Um, you know, um, it seems like you have some connection back in Nepal um, uh, or feel free to correct me. Um, I'm just, you know, thinking because, because people know, right? Like we, we're aware, you know, there are talented resources in India and Nepal and, you know, you can get them for relatively, uh, lower rate compared to U.S., um, but you know th- there's a hesitation that uh, before you make that uh, commitment or before you hire them, th- there's a trust, big trust issue, right? Because you're getting like you're working hard here, you know, and getting winning the contract, and then finally, you know, when it's time to you know deliver or get the team right, what what's your process like? You know, how do you like vet? Uh, which companies right or how do you hire the people and how do you you know do the vetting of like the, yeah this is the right group uh, I can trust them you know we can you know do work together can you explain a little bit about that process of you know uh, setting up an office uh, in India and Nepal and also like um, f- finding the right partners to work with okay so uh, let's start with the, the business process first right so the way we do business is uh, 
we have a team uh, which reaches out to different clients, right? Uh, you know, business development team who reaches out to different people, um, you know, who follow, uh, you know, qualified people, somebody who can buy our services, um, uh, right? And after that, uh, once everything is uh, uh, done, right, we acquire the project. And now comes uh, time to deliver, right? We have a set deadline uh, that we have to meet, right? And initially, uh, because of pandemic, we did have a uh, few issues and few projects that we did. Uh, uh, what happens is, uh, what happened back then was, you know, one of our um, uh, team, right, team members uh, that we, you know, extremely relied on got COVID uh, back in India. He's, he's uh, safe now, right? Because of that, uh, actually, we had to push, uh, uh, you know, our project at least uh, three weeks um, you know, beyond our deadline, right? Uh, but uh, we did that and then we did that. So uh, I would say, I would suggest, right, for that, uh, we have to interview. Uh, one of the uh, problems that I see with uh, different entrepreneurs, right, is they actually uh, fall prey to, you know, uh, a lot of people who promise something but uh, can't de deliver, right? And everybody in this game, right, in this um, business, in business uh, in entrepreneurship, right, a lot of people fall prey to that. For that, you know, um, if you want to give out a project to, let's say, one company, you have to see at least ten, and you, know, you have to qualify at least five, and and you have you have to interview each one of them, that and absolutely make sure that you know these companies can deliver. But even more than that, um, you know that's uh, that's for outsourcing, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, outsourcing is never good uh, for business, I would say. Um, and to tackle that, you need to. Um, build a good team that you can rely on, right? Initially, it's uh, really difficult uh, to do that. And we also relied on outsourcing uh, at first, right? But eventually you have to, um, you know, make a good team who can deliver. But sometimes uh, uh, when the project is either too large, right? Or the project uh, is a little too small, uh, you know, you have to outsource, uh, it's just, uh, you know, something you have to do, right? Uh, for that, you know, uh, that's the only time um, I would recommend outsourcing uh, because uh, every time you are uh, outsourcing, right? You you are uh, losing an ability for your team to sharpen uh, their skills um, and uh, for the team to develop and deliver even uh, bigger projects, better projects uh, the next time. In terms of um, talent, right? Um, how what have you noticed? Um, you know, uh, people. Um, working from India or Nepal compared to here, skills-wise, are they, you know, head-to-head, uh, -head, like, you know, um, are they matching the same level of skills uh, that is in U.S. or, you know, they're even more talented or um, or it doesn't really matter where you are. It's just that technology, if you know it, you know it. It's not like that. Uh, you know, the skill is completely, skill set uh, is uh, completely different, right? Uh, the developers um, in the US, uh, in Europe, Europe, Europeans are pretty talented too. Um, I would say is a, they are at least, uh, I would say two times better than, if I had to give a number, right? Two times better than uh, the resources uh, back in Nepal. Indian resources are far uh, too talented, right? But that's uh, what we want to uh, do, right? We want to bridge that gap uh, uh, for the talent back in Nepal um, uh, to get them into the industry. And the way we are tackling that is, you know, uh, our company, we, we pay uh, 
almost 25 to 50% more than uh, what uh, a typical, uh, let's say we want to hire 10, 10 years experienced guy, right? Back in Nepal, we, we pay at least 25 to 50% uh, more than uh, a Nepalese company pay. And uh, that's one of the strategies uh, we are using uh, to get that uh, good talent, right? Uh, but eventually, even uh, the resources back in uh, Nepal will be uh, really talented and the whole, uh, you know, I would say uh, earning a salary range will even uh, grow up in Nepal as well. And what's the potential, eventual potential you see in Nepal? Yeah, one thing uh, I like a lot about uh, folks back in Nepal, are they're really, uh, really, really entrepreneurial, right? Um, every single guy who graduates, uh, they start company back there. So almost uh, like every single uh, one I know, uh, my friends uh, back there have their own company on the business now. And, uh, but it, it comes in a price, right? Uh, with, uh, with starting a business, now they are uh, far away from, you know, uh, developing themselves uh, professionally, right? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a lot different uh, to start a business when uh, you have a lot of uh, experience you could offer um, through your services than you know uh, start, starting out uh, when you have uh, or you uh, do not uh, know a lot, right? Um, and I've been the, through that, right? But um, back there, back in Nepal, right? Uh, that's one of the biggest uh, challenge, I would say. It's good and uh, it has uh, its own bad side as well. Um, with that, we see a lot of turnovers, you know. Um, our people uh, who we hire uh, back in Nepal, right, they usually uh, do not stick with us for uh, a, long, a long time. And this is not one of the first uh, problems I've been facing, right, because um, our company usually focuses on giving, you know, good uh, you know, incentives uh, in terms of remunerations, right? Um, that's how we uh, try to attract and then keep our people. Uh, but uh, the turnover is extremely high uh, back in Nepal. And mainly because, you know, the salary and whole industry salary range for tech is uh, really low, right? So low and uh, people, you know, uh, switch out for uh, for you know, a few thousand dollars, a uh, few thousand rupees. So uh, that's the scene back there back there, right? And, and I'm coming back to innovations and all, right? Um, I see huge potential for Nepal, right? Uh, a lot of pe people um, are going into IT in uh, Nepal. And uh, I mean, India used to be almost same as um, in, in, uh, like Nepal, like 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago, right? Now, uh, India is known for technology, right? Every single uh, companies you go to in the United States, uh, in a whole technology sector is, uh, you know, overwhelmed by, um, I'd say, Indian crowd, right? And when I see uh, something like that, right, I want something like that for uh, Nepalese as well, right? Uh, with uh, tourism being so down uh, currently because of COVID-19, I feel like the only way uh, our company, our, our uh, uh, country, right, can move forward and be successful from here is to invest in a lot of uh, technologies and you know really uh, be that uh, tech community that everybody uh, will take services from. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, one thing you know that I'm very 
inspired and um, you know optimistic about is uh, the youth uh, in Nepal they they're so like you know entrepreneurial mindset like you know here I'm you know way more than what I've seen here because here I feel like you know there, there there's this set job that you have right and if you go to IT starting salary is like 80k 90k nowadays right uh, if you're in uh, major cities so so you don't think about you know uh, as a young person you know you have 80k you know uh, that's like real good money so you, you don't have to worry about starting your own thing starting is like you know it's uncertainties uh, there, there are risks you know so you don't want to do that but I think in Nepal, the circumstances like, you know, there isn't a set job that you're going to get and it's not going to be anywhere like high paying. So unless you're like super talented, I'm sure there's a market for that uh, now. Um, but but I, I think out of necessity, people are being, you know, creative, which is great. Uh, people are trying and succeeding in smaller scale. And another, another thing that I've uh, noticed uh, in Nepal is, uh, like you said, right, if you if we want to, you know, if Nepal wants to uh, get better or like, you know, uh, come up, you know, in the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years as uh, one of the developed nation, I think it, it's going to have to be through technology, like, you know, follow India's route. I mean, you know, we sometimes we have that, you know, like a love-hate relationship with India. I don't want to go on that, you know, subject, but uh but we are very similar in nature you know our cultures are similar um we have the same like drive as indian people you know if not more um so why not follow the you know the f foot footprint that they have uh, taken and now you know in nobody thinks low of india like now like you know people are excited about india they want to do business you know even uh, american companies right they're going to india they they want to do business there um, they want to expand, you know, their outreach there. So, so with globalization and you know, internet, you know, being so accessible, um, I think all and you know, even the COVID example, right? A lot of things are being done remotely. So it's a good. Um, the playing fields are gonna get even uh, down the road. It's already getting even. So you know, if if you have the skill, you don't have to be in like you know, U.S., Australia. Uh, Europe, um, obviously the salaries might differ, but you know you can. The standard of living in Nepal is gonna get much higher when you are self-sustainable through the income that you're generating. But slowly, I think technology can you know take us to the next step um, in you know the overall development of the country. So let's transition to uh, some some of your other work that you do outside of Tech Your Tech. I first came uh, across you through this Facebook group called Nepalese in Technology in US that you manage. Um, for uh, our viewers, can you tell, tell us what this group is about and uh, what is your purpose behind creating this group? So the creation of the, this group was you know, drived by the same idea as uh, when I started the internship in my company, right? Uh, Nepalese community, it's really uh, difficult for international students and uh, people in technology to get started. That's one of the biggest challenges uh, I see, right? And the idea behind this uh, group is to help these people who uh, get, want to get started, right? And, uh, and 
at the meantime, uh, create this innovative, uh, you know, community where people can share their views and, you know, uh, collaborate with other people to um, achieve uh, more things. Right. And I can sense that you have the desire to give back to the community. For example, you know, uh, the article that came on Market Watch, right? Um, the 0% margin initiative that you're doing to help the COVID um, uh, businesses impacted by COVID pandemic and um, the internship programs, as well as, you know, this platform that you have set for the Nepalese community to come together and share the idea, have that discussion. Um, I'm curious, like, well, is this something, you know, that you had always had, or is this something like, you know, uh, family instilled or like, what's sort of your inspiration behind this? Or you were just like, you know, I know this stuff, you know, so I'm gonna just share it with the world. So uh, the main reason uh, why I started uh, uh, this was um, we had a lot of other groups, right, UNHN, but there was not one specifically focused for technology, for Nepalese. And um, I saw that vacuum and, uh, and I thought that has to be filled, right? Uh, these people, I know a lot of people who have been suffering a lot throughout the United States. I personally know them, right? And this is something that will prevent these people from suffering in the future and uh, the new people who come in. Uh, that's why, you know, I started. And um, I would say um, uh, I might have got inspiration from my family, right? Uh, but um, I would say it was something I saw and I had to act upon. Uh, and I did act upon. Great. I, I think that's great, you know, the work uh, that you're doing in terms of you know creating these platforms and avenues uh, because i i am on the facebook group and i see you know people are asking for suggestions there is this uh, i think a college uh, student who was asking about you know can you can someone uh, give me some guidance on computer science major and uh, people are you know looking for jobs or you know exchanging ideas so um, so I, I think what you have started um, is good and hopefully um, I think it's almost gotten 1,000 users now, right? Um, yeah, that's incredible. Like I started the group uh, almost like uh, two, three months back, right? It's not been a long time. And yeah. we, we see it's like 1,000 people, right? And, uh, you know, my sense was uh, correct in um, thinking that, you know, we lack that, right? And uh, people wanting to join that is, uh, is uh, what do you say, um, uh, the lack of that, uh, that's uh, been fulfilled, right? Um, and my eventual uh, idea for this uh, particular group is to like nonprofit uh, organization uh, who will just help out, right? Uh, so that's uh, the eventual uh, idea. So uh, can so you've been um, a CEO for almost over a year now uh, at Techio Tech. Um, can you uh, can you tell us like what's the biggest lesson learned? Um, from your first year, what were some of the things that you thought were going to be hard or some of the things that you thought were going to be easy? What, what surprised you and what, what are some of the major lessons so far? Yeah. So, so the type of person I am, right? Um, you know, I do I try to do everything by myself. Um, you know, even when I started my business, I, uh, like when I came to the United States, uh, I thought, you know, I, I could uh, change the world. That's what I thought. And in, even when I started the business, I, uh, I thought the same thing. So 
I've always uh, been passionate about uh, what I did and um, always have that, you know, mentality of, um, you know, I uh, have ability to, you know, uh, achieve what I am set out to achieve. So that's uh, the kind of mentality I have. And having said that, um, I trusted myself um, a lot in, uh, in, in that aspect, right? And I thought, um, you know, I, can, I could be that one-person army to do everything in my business, right? Not just procure uh, projects, but deliver that too. But eventually, um, you know, as I, uh, you know, uh, worked more in my business, right? Uh, I realized that uh, we need uh, other people who, um, uh, who, uh, who will help out and experienced people, right? And um, eventually I, uh, you know, started delegating all of my uh, responsibility to uh, other people. And with that, um, um, the main thing I learned is in, in a business, when you have uh, people uh, working with you, right? The incentives um, always have to align uh, with, with the vision mission of the uh, business. So, Having said that, you know, that's one of the main thing I think uh, uh, the initial focus should be and one of the things that I lacked at first. Can you explain a little bit more in terms of, um, you said incentive and vision being aligned. You mean between uh, the the owner of the company and the employees or, um, or just having that clarity yourself? For the, for the employees. For the employees, okay. Because uh, uh, when, when you manage a, a team, right, uh, especially when you want to the team to be successful team, right, not just a team, uh, the mission of, of a, any company, any business is what drives the company, uh, moves the company forward, right? Uh, having said that, uh, any business operation that happens in the business, right, uh, all the members of the business uh, should actually uh, think about that and accept that, right? And when it comes to different forms of, uh, when I say incentives, right? Um, uh, when, it, when it comes to management, right? Uh, we see incentives through, you know, different, um, I say remuneration is one form of incentive, right? Other benefits, all of that, right? Um, and there are other incentives like uh, when it comes to projects, the closing projects uh, comes to incentive, right? All of these has to align with what where the company is uh, heading. So the operation and the incentive of all the employees, the management executive um, has to align with the mission. And uh, another thing here is uh, when you are in like managerial executive position, right? The main work, uh, let's, let's treat this uh, company as uh, uh, you know, like battleground, right? All the foremen, all the vanguard, I would say, right, are, are your employees, right? And uh, without them uh, being treated right, rightly, and then without, uh, without you know, setting up a right path for them, right, um, business is uh, you know bound to failure, I would say. Um, and uh, the only way to successfully manage, uh, currently our, my business is pretty small, right? But once we scale, the only way to uh, successfully manage uh, the team would be by uh, treating and then you know helping partnering with your employees the right way so we're almost you know into hour and a half into our conversation so 
I just have a few more questions and then we can start wrapping things up. Um, really quickly, so what what's your vision for Tokyo for the next two to five years? Or what's, you know, where do you see yourself in the next two to five years? Um, if you can just give us a quick, you know, um, summary on like where where do you want to see the company and, you know, are there any other markets that you're interested in or trying to explore? Yeah, so currently the the way the currently our positioning market is, um, I would say, uh, we are third to the client. Is uh, where where the position of uh, where our current position is, right? Our next step would be to partner with all of these big uh, consulting firms. So that's um, our target right now, right? And uh, currently we have partnered with Allison Group, right? It's one of the biggest company we have partnered with currently, uh, but. Uh, our plan is to partner with Accenture. Uh, they work with a lot of good clients, right? With Infosys, with uh, TechWizen. TechWizen has um, uh, Amazon, right? So all of these big companies, uh, technology consulting firm, uh, we want to align with them and help these consulting firm uh, for the next two years, right? And this is on the business as a whole, right? And, and back in Nepal, we also want to uh, develop it in such, such a way that uh, we service at least um, we help out and you know provide uh, different trainings um, and uh, different courses for Nepalese people free of charge for at least uh, you know 1000 people uh, a year so that's uh, that's our aim for uh, next to, uh, two years down the line right and for the five years i would say uh, in five years i want to be able to hear help uh, different clients we have directly so that's uh, the, the aim that we have and when it comes to mission, as I said before, our mission is to be most innovative and uh, the most client-centric company in the world and also uh, make Nepal known for uh, technology. And I know it's pretty difficult to achieve that in five years, right? But uh, we will do everything possible to uh, make that vision come to in re- come to real- reality. Wow. Uh, I mean, just hearing that, you know, it, it uh, definitely inspires me um, honestly, and I think a lot of listeners, uh, young people who are listening, uh, will uh, definitely be inspired. And and I think you have that you know drive to go for it. So you know, hopefully you, you're able to achieve all of your goals because they're all very, you know, they're they're all great goals. And you know, it's not just you know, um, um, it's not just helping you, but it's also helping overall. You know. Uh, community and you know um, also helping Nepal so one more thing that I want to ask you is um, um, it, again it's it's regarding you know young entrepreneurs because you have mentioned that you are very um, invested and you have a lot of interest in youth entrepreneurship um, I think a lot of young people are interested in starting their own company or get involved in community like uh, like the group that you have started yourself, um, what? But haven't been there yet, or are struggling to make that first move, you know, to get in the right direction. What advice would you give to them in terms of getting started and pursuing their dreams? Yeah. So the way entire you know career uh, path is set up for every single people. Right? It's not just uh, technology, right? Uh, for entire industry. People usually have a lot of drive when you are uh, when they are young, right? 
And eventually people get started with a certain entry-level position, right? And then uh, they get another position because of that, right? And it's just, you know, climbing that ladder step-by-step. Step. And the, by, by the time you uh, want to reach where you are, you are already owned, right? And uh, I feel like uh, there's so much uh, uh, innovations, uh, so much new thing possible when uh, that entrepreneurial drive uh, of the youth uh, gets utilized uh, in their, you know, uh, beginning of their career, right? So, um, that's what I think uh, uh, people should do. And uh, for Nepalese youth out there, right, uh, who uh, came to US in the F1, right? Um, I know it's uh, extremely difficult, right? Uh, I came in the same visa as uh, you guys are. And in fact, I am in the same visa right now as you guys are, right? And um, I know sponsorship, everything is so important, right? But if you want to walk the same, um, you know, entrepreneurial path as I have, there's always uh, uh, different ways uh, to actually, you know, pass through that uh, without um, sponsorship as well. Uh, and I would love to share my view about that too. Any last words before we end the show? Anything that we might not have covered or you'd like to share? So I think... Uh, one of the recent articles I wrote, right, um, was about um, innovation, right? And in that article, I questioned uh, our inability as, um, as uh, the citizen of the world to solve COVID-19. Uh, and one of the things that I uh, mainly, I would say, uh, point at in the article is uh, our inability to innovate, right? Because of COVID-19, uh, you know, whole um, innovation industry, technology industry has been uh, stalled, right? And uh, if we had uh, focused more uh, on, you know, being involved in innovating uh, ourselves uh, rather than being a bystander uh, in our society, maybe we could have uh, prevented this, right? And there's no saying there won't be anything like COVID-19 in the future, right? And uh, I would say uh, to all the viewers in this podcast, right? Innovation is uh, really important to the world. And uh, uh, just being a bystander um, is not enough uh, for the world. If you want to help the society, you have to join in uh, this race of uh, being uh, innovative. I think that's a great message. So I do agree with you. Your first point, which is, you know, you, you can't just be a bystander. Uh, you know, and just waiting for the change, you know, like the, there was a quote that you showed, maybe you can show the sign one more time, uh, which I love. It's one of my favorite quotes, uh, be the change uh, you want to see in the world, right? So I love this, yeah. you've managed to uh, inspire uh, me just in this conversation. And I, I think, you know, you being so young, um, it, it's not about just the age, right? It, it's just, it's the mindset that you have um, which, you know, um, a lot of people can use. Um, I'm so glad that I, you know, invited you, um, to be on the show. I've learned a lot and just, I've just picked up on your mindset, which is like, just keep at it, you know, do things, you know, don't accept, uh, status quo. Before we close out, I want to ask you, how can people get in touch with you? If anybody wants to connect with you, uh, are you open to, you know, um, you know, mentoring anyone or, you know, just talking um, if you want to share your contact uh, info. 
uh, feel free to do that. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can either connect me and follow me in uh, LinkedIn, right? I have a huge connection, uh, uh, group of connections that you can utilize yourself uh, to make the value out of it uh, because I've made everything public. So you can go and see and every single person, every single connection that I have. And the other way you can connect me is uh, through Facebook. I have a page where uh, if you want to reach me, you can, uh, with one click of a button, you can call me and it uh, comes directly to me. So uh, please do that. Great. And I, I will uh, take that from you. I'll add it to the show notes or the description so people can just click on the link and uh, they can find you. Well, Blake, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And um, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you taking the time out today. Uh, we've just exchanged email briefly. And, you know, I, w- I wasn't sure, like, you know, who I was getting. I, I just had heard, uh, you know, about you. And, you know, I read the company description and saw your one interview. And I thought it would be interesting. But I- I'm really glad, you know, that we had this conversation. And it's it's become really a productive one. So, um Bye. Thanks. Thank you, uh, right? Uh, thank you so much uh, for having me here, right? Um, though it's your only second uh, podcast, right? I know there's a lot of uh, different podcasts uh, you will do in the future, right? And please uh, follow him uh, in his uh, podcast and his podcast. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Blake. And good luck to you uh, on all the future endeavors as well. Good luck to you too. All right. Take care. Hey guys, before we part ways, I want to thank you for tuning in today. If you found this content useful, please subscribe to this channel. It'll help the channel grow and also help others find the podcast as well. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at The Aim High Show. It's spelled T-H-E-A-I-M-H-I-G-H-S-H-O-W. Feel free to say hello or let me know what you think of the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care.